You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications, and we have a very special star-studded edition of Beltway Beef this week with three guests. We have Allison Rivera, Kent Backus, and Scott Yeager, all from NCBA's D.C. staff. Um, I don't think we've ever had three people on the podcast at one time, but we're doing it because it was such a frankly, just a damn busy week in Washington. There's a lot to report on. So uh, we'll start with Allison Rivera. Allison has been our point person for the past couple of years on uh, the 2018 Farm Bill, which was passed by the Senate overwhelmingly two days ago and passed by the House uh, overwhelmingly yesterday afternoon uh, and is headed to the White House for President President Trump's expected signature. So Allison, bring us up to speed. What was in the bill? We had a lot of priorities, obviously, the vaccine bank and a lot of other things. Um, What ended up in the final conference report and um, what didn't make the final cut? Absolutely. So again, while not a perfect bill, we NCBA was supportive of this bill and we were supportive because the priorities that we had worked on were for the most part included in this language. Um, We were pleased to see mandatory funding and authorization for the foot and mouth disease vaccine bank uh, and other animal disease preparedness pieces that we were supportive of. We're also supportive of the conservation title. Uh, We were pleased to see more funding given to EQIP to the tune of around $2 billion. Um, That will open up more opportunities for our producers, and we are grateful for that. We also saw some more bolstering of things like uh, the disaster assistance programs like LIP and LIP. LFP, and so we are we are grateful for a lot of things that are included in this bill. Um, we would have liked to have seen a little more in the forestry title on forest uh, management and wildfire mitigation. Um, there was also pieces that were stripped out on um, depredation permits for black vultures, which a lot of our producers have continued to share concerns about, as well as ESA reforms and a WOTUS repeal. So there were there were a lot of things that we would have liked to have seen. I did want to point to one other positive thing. Uh, I know a big issue down in the south is the uh, the feral um, uh, swine issue down there, and there was $75 million given to, to create a pilot program to continue to work on the eradication of, of that problem down there. Okay, so what is, is there any intel? I've, I've seen a couple of reports today that the president may sign this as soon as next week. Um, do we have any intel on that that we can share at this point? You know, I think the president wants to get this farm bill done. Uh, He tweeted out not too long ago his love for farmers, and I think that he knows that this is an easy way to give them some love and give them a big old hug. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll let everybody know if you just follow Beltway Beef uh, on Twitter. Uh, we will definitely share that as soon as something is scheduled. Um, and Allison, you mentioned uh, WOTUS repeal um, in passing there on the farm bill. Speaking of the waters of the U.S., we had a big action on that this week. Of course, the 2015 rule was repealed, but they need to replace it with something. So, Scott, uh, we were over there at EPA for the big rollout with about um, – 27 senators and congressmen in attendance, along with uh, with you and, and a lot of our officers. Uh, what happened over there uh, the other day, and and where do we go for what what what? How do we go forward on this new WOTUS rule? EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers proposed a new definition of waters of the United States that will erase the bad Obama era 2015 WOTUS rule and provide clear and concise safeguards for federal waters that does not overreach and that and helps our producers and we are working to get this proposal across the finish line but uh, this week was a big milestone for our process okay so what's the next step i guess there'll be a comment period uh, for 60 days and we need folks to to make their voices heard and file comments right 
We need producers to get their voices out there. We need comments on the docket that gives EPA and Army Corps uh, justification for doing this. So we'll certainly be engaging on that front and working with our affiliates to get that done. And then ultimately, when it gets finalized, we're expecting just about every environmental activist group out there to sue. Okay, That's going to happen. We're going to step up and we're going to defend this rule in court as we've been the same as we've been litigating against the 2015 rule, we're going to step up now and actually defend the EPA in a new rule because it's going to be very good for our producers. So that will be a litigation that will be drawn out. It will take a long time. It will ultimately go to the Supreme Court of the United States. But we think once it gets there, we have a pretty darn good shot of winning. So between now and then, it's going to be us doing everything we can to make sure we have support for this rule and to get it across the finish line. All right, great work on on everything that you did and, and getting NCBA included in the in in the new package there, uh, Kent. You've had a busy week on the trade front. Um, I know on Monday uh, our president Kevin Kester testified before the International Trade Commission on uh, the issue of trade with Japan. Uh, what did Kevin say at that hearing? How do you think it went? And and what is the future? How do how do we move forward toward a bilateral with Japan? Well, you got to remember, Japan is our biggest export market. Uh, we're on pace to exceed $2 billion in sales there this year. This is going to be another great year for us in that market. Uh, Kevin Kester was there to represent the cattle industry, especially in CBA, and to let the administration know that we need to move as quickly as possible to get a trade deal. We expect nothing short of what was already negotiated under the TPP. You got to look at all of our other competitors in that market. TPP is going to go into effect on December the 30th, which means that they're going to have a significant tariff rate advantage over us. That's the Canadians, the Mexicans, the Australians, the Kiwis. All of these other countries are going to have preferred access into that market. We're still stuck at a 38.5% tariff. President Trump's promised to get us a better deal. He's promised to do it quickly, and we're going to continue to support those efforts. And part of us engaging this week was just to remind them how this is going to be beneficial for our industry. So Japan is just one of many markets that the White House is really trying to open up, especially for U.S. beef. Uh, we are a, a top priority there. But we're also going to work with them to get the USMCA through Congress. That's the new NAFTA, as well as try to address a lot of outstanding issues we have with the European Union. Okay, now, and bookending the week on trade, that was on Monday, uh, the hearing about Japan. Uh, on Friday morning, there's going to be he a hearing about trade with the European Union, which, of course, has been uh, a, a very difficult market for us. Um, uh, what, and you're going to be testifying at that hearing uh, on Friday morning. Uh, can you give us a preview of what you're, what you're going to say there and what your message is going to be? And, and we can bleep out any words <laughs> that may not be appropriate for younger viewers. Yeah, I think difficult is, is a very polite way to describe our relationship. I really don't know how we can sum up 30 years of, of bad you know, uh, trade deals and everything else that we face in that market, all the restrictions, the non-science-based restrictions, whether it's hormones, beta agonist, uh, the restrictions on antibiotics, all these things that are you know, widely approved practices here in the United States that the European Union does not accept. Uh, these are a lot of things we're going to have to talk about, but it's not just on the non-tariff side. We barely have any access into that market anyway. So if uh, there really is going to be a bilateral trade agreement between the United States and the European Union, then we have to address a whole host of issues. And that's our job is to advise our government on the best ways to address those. And really, you know, Ed, we're going to look at taking a very simplified approach, which is no quotas, no tariffs, and base all of the other terms of trade on science. All right. Well, best of luck tomorrow. Give them hell. And uh, thanks for joining us, Allison, Kent, and Scott. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Merry Christmas.
You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at beefusa.org and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.